Dr. Carrie Hepburn from Compass PD, and I am super excited today because we have a very special guest. One of my colleagues, Julie West, is going to be joining us from Texas today. Hi, Julie. Hi. Well, Julie, I'm really good, good. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to have you. I want to give our listeners just a little bit of... um, a little bit of information about who you are and what you do. And so Julie lives in Texas. She's a Texas gal and um, she is an experienced educator. She's been teaching or teaching and in leadership position for the last 18 years in public schools. She currently is working as a coach. She focuses on supporting new hires and helping them develop systems and strategies that will help them have successful careers in education. And I think it's really critical right now more than ever, because we know how um, demanding it is to be an educator. And so helping our new teachers, especially create these systems and these supports for them to have longevity and happiness and joy in their career is key. Julie also has authored a book on this topic, and her book is called Teach in Positive Circles, Creating Opportunities for Growth and Reflection. So welcome, Julie. So glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Awesome. I thought it would be fun for us to kick off our podcast today where you could tell us just, oh, first of all, I have to tell everyone I have my notebook and my my professional notebook and my pen. So I'm super excited to get started getting taking notes from Julie today because she has so much valuable insight to share with us. Um, I would love for you to kick this off today telling us a little bit about your journey in education. Absolutely. I um, actually started later in my life. I was a flight attendant for American Airlines for 10 years and um, so decided to really pray about it and figure out what I wanted to do and um, went into education, um, got my degree at Texas A&M Commerce, um, continued there and and received my master's degree, um, started teaching. um, And in the 18 years that I've taught, just I've done a lot of professional developments, a lot of research, a lot of studies, um, and two of my very favorite people that I just uh, researched and actually were a part of my book was um, John Hattie and Robert Emmons, and they just have played a big role in a lot of my philosophies. Nice, nice. Well, I think you you know how I feel about uh, John Hattie. It's yeah. he's kind of like what they call your cognitive crush, for yes. sure. He yes. and um, Jay McTie and Grant Wiggins, um, who's the late Grant Wiggins, but um, they're just like so inspiring. There are so many more, but yes, um, it's just one of those things that we used to talk about. Wonderful. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I started my career later in life as well. Wasn't sure what I wanted to be and education was just ended up being my life's work. And, and the more people listen to you, and hear from you, they're going to hear, I think, that same um, message that you're exactly where you're supposed to be as an educator. It's a good life. So you've talked about how you have a passion for new teachers and supporting them. 
what led you to have a passion for working with new teachers? How did this happen? Well, initially, um, as a new teacher, it was the excitement of that first year, being in the classroom and just inspiring students. I had such a a huge support system. We had um, an academy that we went through. I had wonderful mentors. I had my team and the support was just amazing, but it still seemed like there were things that I didn't experience that I had to learn on my own that were difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so as the years progressed and I, I went through education, I started noticing that there was less and less support for new teachers. And my heart just really started to hurt for them. And I knew that a change needed to be had because it was really affecting our students. Mm-hmm. So this is where my heart really went into. And I just felt like um, I could make a difference. Right. I would love for you to tell us about some of the things that you're doing for your, well, first of all, I want to agree with you that our new teachers are getting less and less support because um, the demand on our resources like time and money and people is, is just getting pulled in too many directions. But I would love for you to talk about some of the things that you're doing in your district that you're seeing success with, like your partnerships, that kind of thing. Do you mind sharing? Um, no, not at all. So um, working with the teachers, you know, we start and it's huge on relationships. I get to know them. I, I really become part of their classroom. I go in and um, support in ways I look for what is what is the need? You know, is it management? Is it content? Um, Where do we need to start? And then um, we just kind of progress. I can model side by side with them. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, I take ownership of their children and actually model for them. And they really seem to love that because Mm -hmm. oftentimes teachers are, you know, they'll say, oh, but you don't understand, not with my kids, you know. And so when you actually go into the classroom and become part of that room, it makes a huge difference on building that trust. It, it does. We see that a lot in lab sites too, mm-hmm. that um, sometimes you have to bring the research and the application of that learning to life. It, not yeah. sometimes, all the time, actually research shows us that, um, mm-hmm. that we have to model that in classrooms so that we can see what that looks like. And it does... Um, it does help with the light bulbs and that you can see that your kids can do it and that it is possible. How do you partner with your administration um, in this work of supporting your new teachers? What does that look like? I just really tried to work with them on understanding that we need to build the relationship first and really have those check-ins with the new teachers and also developing some systems and putting those into place with uh, the new teacher program. In our district, we have a very strong new teacher program and we support our new teachers. And we begin actually checking in very, very early right after we hire them. So we just keep a constant um, communication open so that they know that we care and we really want them to be invested and we're invested in them. Mm. 
what are some things that you do um for that though like what are some some of the things that you do when you check in or keep that communication open that like help that they can expect in that new teacher program well we've started by um initially sending out a t-shirts our district t-shirt in the summer to all of our uh, new teachers and then when they come on board um, this year is something new and planning to do a coffee time with them and so just kind of getting to know them prior to school starting um, will be fun. We've requested that they give us all their favorites um, on mm-hmm. a spreadsheet so that we're, mm-hmm. we can give them treats when they come um, that first week of school. So mm-hmm. it's just really building those relationships and again, knowing that we're here for them. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's something about um, one of the things that we like to do is like do a favorite things list. And so we've mm-hmm. done that we used to do that with teachers. We used to yes. do that with administrators, all of that. And, and just sometimes when somebody's going through a hard time or just something shows up and it's, it's something that they know about you and it took, you may have filled it out, but they took the time to look at it um, and make sure that they were thinking of you when they wrote a note or a post it yes. and gave you your favorite candy bar, or your favorite soda or any, anything. Um, right. And I think sometimes, too, you know, for administrators, it's the fact of just the little things, you know, sometimes walking by and noticing something or asking them, you know, what did you learn this week? You know, just Mm -hmm. inquiring with different kinds of questions instead of just always being that evaluator. Mm -hmm. I agree. What did you learn this week? I love that, that question. I love the question, like, what did you learn this week? Because it sets, it's an implicit question that sets the expectation that we're all learning. Absolutely. And so something like that, like the students are learning, the teachers are learning, the administrators are learning. It's a, just a beautiful question that it just sets the expectation without having to say it that yes. we're here to learn. And so I think, you know, training our teachers, our new teachers, especially as well, that they are leaders as well. You know, maybe having them open a professional development day or um, sharing something that they're very knowledgeable about, because that really builds that self-esteem. It does. It does. And um, I just I think your first few years in education as a teacher you just don't know what you don't know. And, and sometimes we um, experience things we've never thought we would experience. Absolutely. Um, and you're just really not prepared for some of the things. And so just knowing that, Hey, you know, you're, we're in this together and we've got mm-hmm. your back and we're going to take care of you. And, and um, that's, and- that's wonderful. The relationship always, is critical. Yeah. And I always tell new teachers, you know, ask the questions. And then if something's not working, change it. Mm-hmm. Do that reflection piece every week because you don't want to continue something that's not working. And then know that you have that support system to help you change it if needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you work with administrators who are 
um, maybe new to some of this work and having, especially the amount of new teachers that we're seeing come into the profession, what are some tips that you have for them in supporting their new teachers? Well, again, I go back to that building the relationship, you know, without that relationship and the culture of the building, I feel like that um, we're starting at a really, you know, uh, starting at a place that's difficult to travel further to. And, mm-hmm. and then from there, I think putting those systems into place, those support systems, because as we know, administrators, they can't do it all. They mm-hmm. need a team of people. And um, so really thinking about who are those people who are the culture builders, who are the people that um, know the pedagogy, like who are the ones that we can really ask to go in and, and support these new teachers? Because mm-hmm. we really want to empower them and not overburden them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think love that phrase, empower, yeah, think, not overburden. I think it's important because sometimes we put systems in place where we have too many people, you know, going in and uh, checking on them and giving them advice. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you just shut down. So there's a, there's a really happy medium there. For sure. I think a lot of times about how, when I started my career, you know, over 20 years ago, email was out, but it wasn't used. Just email alone is so overwhelming. Um, Just the sheer volume of email and instant communication and, Mm -hmm. you know, putting systems in place where we have so many teachers that, especially in elementary, like their seesaw, send seesaw messages to the parents every single Mm -hmm. day. And I'm thinking, that amount, just managing communication mm-hmm. is overwhelming and can be burdensome. And we haven't yeah. even talked about instruction. <laughs> right. We haven't talked about, you know, mm-hmm. um, curriculum. We haven't talked about PLCs. We haven't talked about any of those things. Absolutely. And it has changed so much over the years. So we do want to um, empower and not overburden, as you said. One of the other things that I recommend for administrators is to really put on your calendar to check in with new Mm. teachers, because sometimes, you know, the administrator becomes overburdened with so many things on their calendar. So if that's not um, set in place, then the new teacher kind of gets misplaced or, you know, not it's not that the administrator's not thinking of them. It's just, it doesn't happen. Mm. Well, and something we say a lot when we're in schools and we're walking or in districts, like we highlight what we value. We make time for things Mm -hmm. that we value. And so if we want to value our people and our teams, one of the ways that we do that is we make sure it's intentionally highlighted on the calendar mm-hmm. so that we do it. Because I can tell you, if it's not my calendar, it's not happening. And right. I know that it's the same with administrators. And mm-hmm. some administrators have really great structures, systems in place that they have that on their calendar biweekly. They have mm-hmm. checking in with different PLCs or different leaders. 
um, regularly and, and maybe what those questions are so it can be on the forefront of their mind. So um, that's such a great tip. Do you have any other tips for administrators? You know, I think it's just having fun, bringing fun back to education. You know, laughter is good. So mm-hmm. that is just something that I would really love to spread because we're losing that from all the stress and the burnout. So just trying to make some things and put some things in a place to have fun. Mm-hmm. I think learning is fun. It is, you know, it should, I get energized when I see myself become a better pickleball player. Like I'm learning, I'm terrible at it, but every time I make like a little step or I make a good shot, you would think that just like, I just won the lottery or something because it's, it's, it should be fun. It should be energizing. It should be, um, uplifting yeah and so how can we create those those spaces in our schools Mm -hmm. and do deep learning at the same time what are your top three tips for new teachers that balance keeping a good home work balance where you really listen to your body you listen to your thoughts And if you're getting where you are feeling burnt out, then, you know, seeking that support that you need, because I know, you know, as a first year teacher, you want to be perfect. You want it all to go so smooth and well, and they have just this habit of staying way too late, working on the weekends. And so I just feel like, you know, when I'm coaching, I really try to let them know we've got to find that balance. So let's set aside this night. You can stay at school the rest of the nights you're at home, you know, so (laughs) just really trying to figure out that balance would be my first tip. Um, The second one would be reflection, you know, Mm -hmm. just really sit and reflect, Um, you know, daily would be good. But if you can't do it daily, then, you know, try weekly and to make notes, because I know every year as a practitioner, I would learn something new or I would try something and it didn't work. And if Mm -hmm. I had it in my notebook, then I remembered over the summer, I could kind of go back over it and go, oh, that's, I need to really tweak that for next year. For sure. I love um, that. And then the next one is just goes back to the relationships, you know, a new teacher, they may not be aware of all the relationships that they're going to be going through and um, dealing with at a new district. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's your students, it's the other teachers, it's the administrators, it's um, the parents, you know, so it's just the cafeteria ladies, the janitors. So it's just really learning that balance and understanding ourselves as well. I agree. I agree. Something, um, I would tell new teachers when I was, when I was able to work with them too, would be in the balance as you were talking. Um, don't try to do everything that everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. Um, you can add more as you go. And some of the best teachers I ever worked with had simple routines and structures in their classroom Mm -hmm. and it happened every single day and when you looked at their data their students had the most growth and they um, were happier 
Mm-hmm. Like the kids were happier. There were less behaviors. The mm-hmm. teacher was happier. It was really about keeping it simple. They had fun. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just didn't, it didn't have all the, the extra stuff that we tend to pile on ourselves thinking mm-hmm. that if it's we neat. keep it simple, yeah. it's not fun, you know? Right. And it is. Mm-hmm. It really- no, I agree. So, yeah. and I really feel like, you know, kids, they crave that consistency, you know, to know that every day I'm coming into that same thing, you know, it's not going to be chaos. So yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I love that. Um, what excites you most about the new teachers you've been working with? Oh, I, I just, I think it's when I see the growth in the teacher And um, especially this time of year when they're still very excited about teaching, Um, just being able to go in and watch them be reflective practitioners and tell me about the things they've learned over the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just just watching them bloom. It it is Mm -hmm. so exciting to see. Mm -hmm. And that they, you know, they're they love they love doing what they do yes yes and And then they and they can tell me the reasons behind it too you know Uh it's specifics that they can Mm -hmm. relate to me um and then the I think the appreciation too you know that they're so appreciative of the real and the raw you know and that's what Mm -hmm. I really tried to put in my book is let's get away from that theory and let's really go deep into what's really going to happen in that classroom. Right. Right. Because you, you never know. Sometimes there are times where you just might not know what's going to happen. Yeah. I love it. Well, what I'm really excited about Julie too, is that you're joining our team and you'll, you are available to work with school districts and schools that are wanting to set up systems and supports for their new teachers to ensure that they're successful. So for anyone who's listening and interested in learning more about that, please reach out so that we can chat about that because we would love to talk about customizing a system um, for you. This is one of my, another next part of my favorite part is to do some rapid fire questions. Okay. (laughs) My first question is what are your top three favorite books? Oh goodness. Well, I think about when I was growing up, one of my very favorite books was Anne of Green Gables. I adopted. And so it was just a very meaningful book to me. Um, Another one that just was a classic was Where the Red Fern Grows. It just Mm -hmm. impacted me as a child. Um, I think recently I read another book that my superintendent actually recommended called The Invisible Thread. And it was just one of those books where you laugh, you cry, just so emotional. And I loved it. So that moved to one of the top on my list. Oh, that's great. I haven't read The Invisible Thread. I'll have to check that out. Yes. That sounds so interesting. What is your favorite pump you up song? What song like gets you going? Um, I think there's one um, that I love to work out to and it's called I Lived by One Republic. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really like that song because 
when I look back at my life, I don't have any regrets. And it just mm-hmm. talks about, you know, living every moment to the fullest. And, and that's what I really seek to do every day. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. I haven't, I don't even know if I know that song, but I wrote it down so that yes. I can go back and check it out. I just want to thank you, Julie, for all that you do and for the gift you are to education. It truly is um, a blessing and you are inspiring to me and I know so many other educators. So for those who are listening, anyone who wants to learn more about how to work with Julie, reach out to me and um, we'll get you connected. So thank you so much, Julie. Thank Thank you. Thank you.